you ever find yourself asking, why isn't this taught in school? My entrepreneurial and parenthood journeys really highlighted the gap between what the world needs and what our schools are actually teaching, and how woefully unprepared most people are to achieve their greatest dreams. The people truly winning in a postmodern economy have a different set of skills that aren't taught in school and are privy to information not taught to the masses. With that in mind, we invite you on our journey to glean from the world's most successful leaders and icons of industry, the real skills the next generation needs moving forward. We are on a mission to help teens skip the lunch line for the front line of a movement, empowered with the knowledge and skills needed to thrive in a fast-paced, dynamic, ever-changing world. This is Skippy Lunch Lines. We're glad you're here. Hello, podcast fam. I just wanted to welcome you back for another episode of Skipping Lunch Lines. I hope that you are enjoying life wherever in the world you are listening from. Uh, today, I have another launch day guest back on the podcast. Stephen DeCuba is a young and inspirational member of Gen Z. He has positive, infectious energy and a joy for life that comes across loudly through his presence on social media and every interaction he has with other people. If you haven't done so, go back after you're done with this episode and give his launch day episode a listen. I believe it's episode number four. In that short episode, Stephen gives us three tips on building a, a successful life that parents could take as a starting point to have a discussion with their teens on designing their own successful life plan. All right, let's jump into the episode. Hello, Stephen. Welcome to the show again. Hey, Dara. How are you? It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for your invitation. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I really wanted to ask you is how did you decide to get into photography? All right. So let's start with the good thing. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah, thank you for that um, intro. Of course, I'm, my name is Steven de Cuba. I am a photographer based in the Netherlands and it all started in back in Aruba. So Right now, I'm living in the Netherlands for four years, almost four years. And back um, while I was living in Aruba, I discovered this uh, passion for photography because my dad was also a photographer. My dad um, started photography like one or two years before I discovered photography. And um, one day he took his old camera and he bought a new one and he just threw like the old one in the closet. And I took that camera. I at the first at the first moment, of course, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what the, these buttons of the camera were meant to me. But something in me wanted to to explore this um, this photography. So my dad is a wildlife photographer and a sports photographer. And in comparison to my photography, I like wedding photographer and personal branding photographer, branding photography, and work with different brands. So I work directly with people and he doesn't like that. He, like, he likes to like spend more than 30 or 45 minutes on one spot waiting for a bird to eat like a little little snack or something so he can take a picture of the bird. And I'm not that type of photographer. And sometimes we have the conversation, he's like, how do you do it? How do you post people? And at the same time, I ask him, how do you spend like 45 minutes on one spot just to take a picture of a bird? So two different photography styles, but we definitely connect with that, um, with that hobby that we both have. I, I, I started photography with my dad. And this was in, in back in 2016 when I... 
um, discovered my passion for photography. And after that, I, I dove in in more of, um, I did a lot of things. I did weddings, I did parties, I did events, I did um, portrait photography, and I loved weddings. And that's where I actually discovered my passion for wedding photography. That's amazing. So what I love about your story is the fact that your father, he had his own passions and he introduced them to you, but he didn't say, you know, pursue it exact same way that I pursue my, my own passions. He lets you find your own voice and help to nourish that. So I'm wondering like, how did that all play out? So he was a, a nature photographer and like a, you said sports photographer. Yeah. Uh, so how did he exactly introduce you to the world of photography when your when your interests were a little bit different and you weren't necessarily interested in in that aspect that he was interested in? Well, at the beginning, I didn't know what I was interested in. At the beginning, it was just me taking his old camera and just exploring with it. And I never went to uh, classes. I never went to workshops. I never attended any any in-person workshops either. Um, I only learned on YouTube. YouTube and Google became my best friends. I was um, pulling all-nighters and trying to figure out my camera, to be honest. And then after that, I, I, I developed my passion for wedding photography. But during that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So my father, he, he never told me, yeah, you should do this or you should do that. He always told me that you should do whatever makes you happy and um, go for it. And he will be there standing right next to me, guiding me if I need guidance or just helping me with whatever I would need. But he never told me that you have to do this or you have to do that. What was important for my parents was for me to be really successful at, um, at, at university or at that time at high school because I, I discovered photography and that was my hobby, but I was still a student. So they both gave me the, the freedom to explore what I wanted to do with photography. And quite honestly, they always wanted me to be busy with something. They always gave me the idea, hey, do you want to do this type of class? Like I went to painting class. I went to um, percussion class. I played the drums. I played different things. I did a lot of creative stuff. And they, that came because of my parents who wanted to me to be active in different things and to keep myself busy and to explore different hobbies or passion. I love that. And I think it's so important because a lot of people think, oh, you know, they don't want their kids to be involved in so many things. They're like, oh, just pick one activity. But when you're young, your mind is so open and you don't really know what it is that you're passionate about. And unless you go out there and you try different things, you're not going to know what that one thing that you're put on this earth to do. So I love yes. the fact that your parents were like, okay, well, we're going to try whatever it is that's going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And we can try this and we can try that. We can try all these different things until you find the thing that's going to fulfill you. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of parents can learn from that. If you're doing what you love, you're not, it's not really work, is it? You know, it's, it's more, if it fulfills your soul, it doesn't feel like work all the time. I totally agree. And if I may add something that my parents never really, I, I never pushed me to do something, but they always gave me that freedom. And for me personally, it felt like 
it, it felt that I can make my own decisions and I can choose what I really want. And if I don't like this, I can, I, it, I can also feel comfortable to approach my parents and tell them, hey, you know what? We've been testing this. Uh, I went to paint classes. I went to drum classes. But I guess painting and or music is not my thing. So let's explore something else. So I, it, it felt like um, both, both parties were really, really um, trying to find my passion or trying to find something that I really, really liked. Right. And I think that's, you know, probably one of the things that your parents' approach probably taught you is that sometimes you pivot. And I think that's a very important skill to learn as a youth is that, you know, sometimes in life, things don't go as you had planned and it's okay. You go down one path and you're like, oh, you know what? This doesn't suit me anymore. I'm going to go and then you pursue something else. So um, I think especially now in the time of like this coronavirus and a lot of people might find themselves out of work and their career has been upended. And that ability to be able to say, okay, this path I was pursuing isn't really working out anymore. How can I pivot in a direction that will serve me moving forward? And that is a really adult kind of conversation. But at the same time, I feel like those kind of qualities, that characteristic of being uh, resilient and flexible, you learn as a youth. Would you say that your parents really were able to instill that value in you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yes. I, I agree completely. Yeah. So your father was a photographer, right? Um, and so obviously you learned your creative side. You probably got a lot of your creative side from him. What did you get from your, your mother in terms of like where you are in your journey as an adult? Okay. So um, as they were saying, I grew up in Aruba and my parents, my, my father is a Ruben and my mom is Colombian. So I, I grew up in a mixed culture, let's put it that way. And from my mom, she taught me to, to really, really work hard towards the things that I want to achieve. My mom stopped working as soon as I, as I was born. And right now I am only 22 years old. And so my mom, she has been working for more than 22 years. And uh, the thing that I saw that I think as I was growing up, I didn't really realize what, what my mom was doing. But now as I look back, um, I, I, I see that my mom, she was, I think I got from her, what I got from her was the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. She taught me, um, she was the type of mom that wanted to do like 1000 things of the different, uh, different times. So she would care of course about her kids, but uh, 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 as a side hustle, she would sell different things like perfume or she would sell dresses. Cause like a thing from in, in the Latin family, we have like the quinceanera. And I think in mm-hmm. the States you have like the sweet 16 and my mom would do all of the things that has for like quinceanera parties are really big. So my mom would take care of all of the, the dresses and the, the suits and all of the decoration and all of that. She would sell um, the, um, um, perfumes from Colombia or she would do different entrepreneurial things that at that time, I, for me, it was like, oh, okay, just normal thing. She's just working. But right now, as I, as I look back and I realize that, oh, this is where I got this whole entrepreneurial spirit. This is, I like to think of myself that I am an entrepreneur that 
has a, a creative hobby or a creative job. I do a creative job rather than I'm a creative that's trying to create his job. That's trying to convert his jobs to his full-time job. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I, I like to see myself more like an entrepreneur. And I think that is what I got from my mom. She has shown me in many, many ways that even if you don't have everything that you think you need, you can achieve a lot with the things you have right now. And I think that is one of the lessons that I've uh, taken from my mom that, um, hey, whatever you can do right now, you can do it with what you have. It doesn't, be, it doesn't have to be perfect, just like we were talking just now. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be done. And done is better than perfect. And from that, I think, um, I think that is what I, what I learned a lot about my mom. Right. It, it's something you just said reminds me of a, a quote that I heard from somebody. Um, and it was that 70% is, uh, what was it? 70% is perfect and 100% is failure. So it's that whole idea Ooh, of like, yeah. yeah, so if you do 70%, that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas mm-hmm. if you strive for perfection, what ends up happening is that you never launch, you never move, you never take action. Therefore, you never have the results. Um, exactly. Yeah. So it seems like that was kind of ingrained from you um, as a child. And that's something mm-hmm. that you're probably bringing into your business uh, life right now. Um, so I think Definitely. that's awesome. So, so your mom taught you to be an entrepreneur. And or, or at least to have those values. Um, when you decided to really launch your, your photography business, they were 100% behind you then, I would imagine. Oh, definitely. I started um, doing wedding photography in Aruba as a hobby. And from that point already, they were always, always so supportive. Uh, As a photographer, I had to um, go to different events. So even when I didn't have my driving license, they will always take me to that event. They will help me if maybe I need um, um, some extra help. My dad even once went with me at a wedding and um, stood as my assistant. So it was funny how we can, how I could even um, bring my dad with me at one of my, um, my events that I had to photograph. So yeah, definitely. They were really supportive. They still are. And they, yeah, they always keep, keeps on motivating and keeps on um, inspire me to, to keep growing my business. So what, how old were you when you first started taking photos um, professionally or, you know, like at where you're actually getting paid? Um, as a photographer, how old were you? So um, in Aruba, I, I I finished my high school in 2006, in 2015, yes, 2015. And um, at that time, I was 18 years old, so I just became an adult. Ad, adult. And um, um, that's when I started, that's why when I took one gap year to focus only on photography. I didn't really know what I wanted to do after my high school. Um, mm-hmm. In Aruba, we don't have a lot of options. We, we, don't, we, we are a really small island, so we don't have a lot of options of which types of university we can go. So as an Aruban, I, Aruba is also part of the Netherlands Antilles, which means that in the Netherlands, they, the government will help students in Aruba that would like to come to the Netherlands. So 
to come to the Netherlands and study and, and have a, uh, and, and, and get a degree. So I knew my plan was something around that area that I wanted to go abroad. I wanted to leave the island. I wanted to go somewhere that I wanted to study. The Netherlands was an option. Canada was an option. The States was an option. So um, I ended up choosing the Netherlands, but in 2016, I didn't know what to do. So I gave myself one year, one gap year. Hey, try this out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it's okay. You still have um, a, lot, a lot to go through. You, you still have your whole life in front of you. So um, in 2016, I took a gap year. And in 2017, I moved to the Netherlands and I'm sorry, in 2015, I took a gap year. And in 2016, I moved to the Netherlands. And um, here's, here's where I am right now. And I'm, um, I'm, all, I'm like one month away to get my business degree. And also I started my business one year later after I moved here. So my business is three years old in the Netherlands, but it already started um, in Aruba as a hobby, then as a full-time job for one year. And then I moved here and made it my business here as well. Wow, that's impressive. So in three years, you've managed to really build up your business to the point where you're successful enough to be featured in those magazines that I mentioned earlier. That's very It happened so fast. Yes, yeah, really impressive. I was shocked too when it happened because in 2016 is when I moved. In 2017 is where I started my business. And in 2018, one year later, I was featured as one of the best wedding photographers in The Hague. So yeah, I agree. It really happened. It really happened really fast. That's amazing. But you know, it's probably because you're aligned with what your purpose is, you know? Um, And I feel like when you find that thing that you're meant to do in the world, then all the pieces start falling into place. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. Yes, of course. So obviously you're put on this earth to take pictures. That's part of your story, right? Um, But Mm -hmm. what is the larger purpose that you see photography playing in your life and in the world. The reason why I ask, I believe that everybody um, has a bigger purpose, you know, and like, so photography is your, at least for now, until you decide to do something else, that is your way of impacting the world. So Mm -hmm. um, I always believe that everybody always has a desire to have an even greater impact and use their platform, their skills, their you know, the things that God gave them in pursuit of bettering something in the world. Um, so what would that be for you? Oh, this is a really, really interesting um, um, question. And I liked it because at the beginning, when I started my business, I knew I wanted to have a business and I knew I wanted to have a positive impact on the world, but I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And as a wedding photographer, I as a wedding photographer, I knew that I I liked the the whole idea of the event wedding. So I liked the connecting with my couples beforehand and um, helping them plan this beautiful and special day. I loved connecting and creating a relationship out of that. I love being there on their wedding day and connect with their family and, you know, build that relationship with them too. And be one of the most important person at that wedding that will, I believe that I am one of the most important person that day because if it wasn't for me, they won't have um, 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 memories to live, 
to, to look back, let's say in 15 years when they grew their family, they don't have that. So I take my job really seriously. So that for me was one of the things that drove me that, that, that huge um, responsibility that, that I was given. However, after three, after a couple of years, so um, I started wedding really early on, but after two years here in the Netherlands, I started working with different brands as well. I was I started doing branding photography, and here I started connecting with different um, entrepreneurs, uh, different um, teams. I, I did even photos for a museum here in the Netherlands, and as I started growing this passion in still in photography, I liked more the fact of of connecting with other entrepreneurs and growing our business together. So I was thinking on this like a week ago, why am I doing what I'm actually doing? And what right. I could come to, to, to the answer that I could come to with it was that I would like to help or inspire ambitious entrepreneur in the making who would like to make their hobby, their business and have a positive impact on the world. Because I went through the same thing. I had a passion that started with my father that was a photography. My, my passion was photography. And I knew that I, I, I love this, 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 kept me up at night. This was the thing that I was constantly talking about. So I knew that I found my passion, but what I realized that I cannot make, I cannot live from a passion if I cannot make that passion profitable. So my job here right now is to make sure that what my purpose is, is to help entrepreneurs to achieve that. Because I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of creative out there that have passion for something and are really, really good in that specific area, but have no idea how to make that hobby a business. And I want to help them make exactly that. I love that. And, you know, and that's the thing that's your purpose. Your purpose is, so the photography is the tool, mm. but the purpose, the greater purpose is you reaching out to other passionate people and helping them monetize their passion. Um, Definitely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the ability to make income doing what you love serves the world far greater than just doing something you don't love. You know, it's like when you do something mm. passionately, without passion, when you pursue something and you don't put your whole heart into it, you know, you only get a so-so outcome. Um, and I think the world needs everyone to step up and live their passion. Just the state of the world could be so much better if everybody just did that thing that they have a fire inside themselves to do. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, and I believe that that is also the, the main reason why I keep doing what I'm doing, because if I had no purpose, in doing what I'm doing, sometimes when, I mean, we all have that, those days that we wake up and we say, oh God, you know, uh, I don't want to do this today. But if you have a purpose, you go back to that purpose and then you have the bigger picture in front of you. And I believe that is what keeps me motivated even I mean, seriously, these times that we're going right now of the pandemic, our mind is playing games on us. So this why, this purpose that I have is what is keeping me busy and keeping me motivated to actually achieve what I want to achieve. 
Yeah, and that's the thing is, uh, you know, I've spoken to other people um, as a result of this coronavirus and just how they're really coping. And it seems to me that the people who have, who are pursuing their passion are more grounded during this time. You know, it's like, you know, they look at it as a time like, okay, this is the time for me to get uh, re, like in touch again with that thing, the reason why I do what I do. Um, and then like, if you need to make a slight pivot or whatever, this is a time where it's really a time for introspection. And so I find like really passionate people who are, are willing to pursue what it is they love. They're also willing to be introspective and like say, okay, well, you know, let me make sure that I'm aligned with those, my ultimate goal. Um, and if that shifts, how do I pivot what I'm doing in order to make sure I'm headed in the right direction? Um, so I just think that's so key. And for parents, sometimes we just go through the motions. It's like, okay, there's a million things going on. You know, I have all the, the kids are home. There's, they're not in school. But this really is a great time for parents to just really be like, you know, help your kids find what they love and help mm -hmm. them pursue it. You know, and it sounds like your parents were instrumental in helping you be as driven as you are. Um, so I just think that's really cool. So you said you went to college, right? Um, and you're like, what, a month away from finishing? So was that yeah. something that was always like in your radar? Was it something that was expected of you? Or was it more like up in the air? Like it's up to you whether it's something you wanted to do? Well, coming from a Spanish family, <laughs> yes, it was actually expected from me, but I never really felt the pressure to do it because of other people, because of my parents, because of my family members or any friends or whatever. No, I always did it because I, I thought it was important. I think it also um, goes hand in hand with what my parents taught me when I was a kid. And they always told me that, yeah, school is important. And they were also taught that this, this is the only, this is the way you should follow. And I did that. I did follow it, but they never told me like, Hey, only focus on this one and don't focus on the photography, for example. So they gave me that room. It was kind of expected of me, but I also knew it was important. So it was a little bit balance of both sides, but it, I, ne I never really felt like it was a pressure that that's for sure. Right. And so like, you know, I'm just thinking about there's a lot of kids who don't have the desire to go to college. Um, and like I went to college, I find that because I went to college, my ability to write, communicate so much better. My ability to think is like another level. And I attribute all that to things that I learned going to college. But college is not necessarily for every child. So as a like as somebody who had an interest in photography um, and being a photographer, would you say that college is necessary or unnecessary to pursue a career in photography? I would say if you want to make your photography your full-time job, you don't need a photography course or you don't have to go to college for photography. And that is what I did. I didn't go to college for photography. I went to college to get more knowledge on the business side of how to make my photography a business. I would say that I never went to any workshop or any course of photography that was, I was self-taught and 
of course, I give um, credits to Google and YouTube. But <laughs> in terms of the business side of photography, I learned a lot in college, but I also did my own research, of course. I pay for different online courses. I follow different um, courses of business online. And I listen to podcasts with tips and tricks. And I keep myself every time informed about the latest trends about the business side. And I gave some credits to my, my college too, but it's too broad and they teach you a lot of how to be like an employee and not the business owner. And I had a different mindset right there. So I take, I take what I took and I still take what, I, what, what could help me, what is helpful for me and my business. But um, yeah, it's, it's a balance of some, some things here. Yeah, some things here now. So yeah, I, I wouldn't give... I wouldn't say for photography. So going back. So for photography, no, I don't think you need to go to college. But if you want to make a business out of your photography, then yes, I would say it is really helpful, but definitely not needed. Got it. I think the qualities that you need to be a successful entrepreneur um, aren't things that you necessarily will learn in college. Uh, like you said, a lot of times what you learn is to be an employee. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the skills you need to be an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur are different. So those types of things like the self-development piece, uh, which obviously you, you have in spades because you like to listen to podcasts, you go to online courses. Uh, there are so many people who are not like that. Um, and so for me, I am like a course junkie, you know, like online course junkie. I take all the mm -hmm. courses. I listen mm -hmm. to all the podcasts, audiobooks. And I'm just wondering, you know, it's like, you sound like you're the same. What do you think it is in your past that developed that interest in always self-improving and like going and looking for experts who, who can mentor you from afar? Like what, what in your past led you to be the type of person that would pursue that type of knowledge? Ooh, this is a really interesting question. I believe, I think that, um, I don't think it was one specific moment in my past that made me or um, uh, switched my mindset. I believe it, it was my own willingness to learn more about something. But at that time, I didn't know what was it. So I started just reading books about self-development, how uh, I, I read books like the, the different types of thinking that we have, like um, Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the book. I don't know if you know that one. Oh, yeah, and definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So the different books that has helped me in my self-development, um, I think there, somewhere there, I don't know where, and I can't point exactly where, but somewhere there, it sparks my interest in okay self-development different type of thinkings and um i start listening to gary v and he talks about a lot of how, a thing um, about how we care too much about what people think of us or how we how those types of or, or how many factors influences the way we act or the way we we present ourselves so somewhere there i realized that okay Life is not linear. We, oh, it doesn't mean that I have to grow up, go to high school, go to college and find a job. And then, yeah, I'm done. Let's, 
let's wait until um, I retire or something. No, I, I somewhere in there, I believe that uh, changed the way I was thinking that, okay, explore more, um, read more, listen more, um, have conversation, connect with other people. I think somewhere in there, something happened that, that turned me and who I am right now. I know, and, and that's the same for me. It started with just a small little spark, right? It started like, you know, you just literally spark a tiny little match, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it, one thing leads to another, and then you're going down all the rabbit holes, you're doing mm -hmm. all the things, but when I think about my own growth, everything that I've accomplished or, you know, like where my mindset is at is due to all of the self-development I've been willing to do, and it all started with one tiny little thing and I can and like you I can't pinpoint where it was and what mm -hmm. book where you know what experience it was but it was like my mind was open to exploring things and in my exploration I came across the one tiny little seed that needed to sprout in my mind and then you know and that was like wildfire or like a wildfire just you know it's like like all the things it's like firing all the different things so um, I just you know I, I'm really fascinated about people who are on the self-development journey and how they're so different from the people who are not into any kind of self-development. It seems to be like, of you know, you're either 100% going this way or 100% going the other way. And I just, you know, like for me as a parent, it's so important for me to make sure my son has that seed planted in him that... Mm that self-development seed. So I was just wondering if there was something um, that you, maybe your parents did, because I know you don't have children now, but maybe in the future, if you did, like what is something that you would maybe do that maybe you learned from your parents that kind of puts you on that trajectory of wanting to always self-develop and really uh, be reflective and always try to better yourself? Yeah, well, one of the things that uh, yeah, I don't have I don't have any children right now. But one of the things that I've noticed, I do have two ne um, two nieces and one nephew. And right now, as an uncle, I feel I I look I kind of look back at how I was as a kid and how how they are right now, and what are what are the tips or the advices that I am giving them. And sometimes I try to put myself in their shoes. So. I am at this age. My nephew is um, right now 12 years old. I'm at 12 years old. What did that, what, what inspired me when, when I was that old? What was the thing that I was doing? And one of the things that I, I, one of the topics that I've been talking with my nephew is that he tells me that he's really into the vlogging world in to the YouTube trying to start a channel and have like, a, he likes playing um, like PS4 and he would like to record that and show people how he, he's a really good gamer. I feel like different age groups that you are, you give different um, advices. So I see how my parents gave the advice, how my sister is giving him advice and how would I give him advice. And one of the things that I told him and I think one of the things that I would like to hear if I was in his shoes is to, hey, you probably have no idea what you're doing, but I like that you have a passion and I like that you, you are interested in one thing. This might or it might not work, but for me, what is important for you right now? I had this conversation with my nephew and I told, me, I, I told him, what is important for you right now and what do you think is important for your 
mom right now? Since you're still living under his roof, what is important for her and for you? And of course, education was what the thing that we ended up on. And I told him, listen, you can be really good at your education and you can still be really good at the thing that you want to achieve. For example, being a gamer, being a YouTuber, being a vlogger. So do not let the, the education part that your mom is kind of expecting from you ruin you from also following your dreams. So I think that was one conversation that we had. And I, and I believe that this is could be really, really different for, for your audience that are listening right now. But I think what guided the whole conversation was actually starting the conversation. Hey, let's sit down together. Let's talk about what are your passions? What are your hobbies? What are you working on right now? What keeps, what, what do you watch on YouTube? Sometimes we don't, we don't really take sometimes to see what are, our children or our nephews and nieces are watching on YouTube and how, what are the things that keeps them interested? So I believe that if I could give one, one tip, even as, as an uncle, just take some time and sit with your children. So sit with your child, sit with your nephew or your niece and see what they tell you. Because sometimes we as parents or we as um, uncles, would like to say, 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 say a lot of things, but not really listen to what they want to say. And I think that is my, 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 my tip for you. Just listen a little bit more. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, I definitely agree. I have a 15 year old and um, I found that by letting him do the things that he wants to do, instead of me always trying to leave him like, oh, maybe you should do this. Like he's so much more engaged in the things that he likes, you know, like he's, you know, he has a mind of his own. Um, and sometimes mm -hmm. I just like, oh, I want you to think this way. But at the end of the day, you know, like he's very strong in, in his convictions on what's important mm -hmm. to him. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes as a parent, you want to just be like, no, but I want you to think like me. And that's, <laughs> not you know it's not going to serve anybody it's definitely not going to serve the child and I think mm -hmm. a lot of times when we actually let go of the control we find that the kids are so much more aligned with your values anyways um, mm -hmm. at least from my experience that's what I found is that by letting go of control and letting go of the need to just um, know everything and have all the details you know like just giving him some freedom to be himself and to, you know, ask those questions, like you said, like, you know, really dive into what exactly he's interested in. And yes, okay, so he likes to watch YouTube, but what on YouTube does he watch, you know, mm -hmm. and helping him to mm -hmm. see, like, you know, guide him like, okay, well, this is what you're interested in. These are the options that are available to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not up to me to, pers to figure out what you want to do. It's not up to me to figure out your life. It's up to you to figure out your own life, but I'm here to guide you. Um, and, yes. you know, sometimes it's hard not to, to have an opinion about it. You want to just be like, no, <laughs> don't do that. You'll be so much better here. And that's just not, you know, it's, it's not empowering to the child. And it's also, you know, setting them up to go down a path of being unhappy for so long. Like that was my story was that I had no guidance and mm -hmm. so I was like lost for so long and, you know, it took me so long to get on the path to what it is I'm meant to do. 
And I just, you know, for me, I just really want to be able to impact children by impacting their parents to say like, hey, you know what, like, you need to help your child figure out what it is they want to do. What, you know, what are the characteristics, the qualities they want to have for their own life, what they want their personal story to be moving mm -hmm. forward. And let's craft that story in the way that's going to best suit the child for what they want. Um, and so I'm all on, uh, big on like storytelling. And as a photographer, I'm sure you're pretty big on storytelling too. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that real quickly. So I'm a big believer in, like I just said, storytelling and personal branding uh, and stuff like that. So what do you think moving forward for, for today's youth as they make it into the world that's so much more connected and online? I personally believe, um, kind of like Gary B, that you need to have a personal brand no matter what it is you decide to do. Even if you decide to be an employee, at some point you're going to need to have a personal brand. Um, what is your feeling on that? Oh, definitely. I think personal brand is a really fancy word for reputation. Personal brand is basically that, is how, how do you present yourself online or also physical? Um, how do you present yourself? That is your personal brand. And I believe everyone is a personal brand. Um, you're a personal brand for your friends, for your colleagues, even for your family. So I definitely uh, agree with you right there. And I believe right now for our youth, well, yes, they are also personal brands. How many youths are um, have doing so many great things online? We have seen so many um, things on Instagram and now even on TikTok. So yes, I believe that everyone is a personal brand and you have the control on your personal brand to, to, to create that branding experience that you want with, with the, the, the people that are following you, your audience. Right. And so I 100% agree. Like if you want to be competitive in the world moving forward, you're going to need a personal mm -hmm. brand. But even from a personal perspective, like I look at personal branding uh, and about storytelling. And so, mm -hmm. you know, what are the stories that we tell ourselves? What are the stories that others tell us? And how do we navigate our own life with those stories because everything that you believe and think and know about yourself wasn't there from the time you were born. They were all there by the things that you experienced. So you're, the story that you tell about yourself is rooted in all these other things that are not internal to you when you're born. So I believe in knowing what your story is and crafting your own story. I just feel like I'm so fascinated about that whole process of creating your own narrative. Um, and so I just find it's, it's fascinating as a photographer and a, a branding photographer, how you might see, you know, creating your own personal brand story for yourself. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Let's go more specific into the business area. When I buy, I want to buy something from someone that I like, that I know, and that I trust. And that is exactly the three factors that you need to build a personal brand. So when you have a personal brand, people will feel that they know you better. They will feel that they, they relate, that you are relatable, that they can, uh, that they feel somehow, even that 
they have no idea who you are or they have never seen you personally, even online, they, you can build that personal brand that will make your audience feel that they know you. So personal brand, I think, I believe is something really, really, really powerful. And as a photographer, I use my personal brand to connect with my audience as well, because I can say, hey, I I'm a photographer. I take photo with a Canon. I use this lens and I use Lightroom to edit my photos, for example. And other photographers can say the same thing. So what is going to make me as a photographer stand out from my competitor, my personal brand? My brand makes me who I am and makes my audience get to know me better, form this relationship together. And then at the end, they will choose me as their photographer and that will help my business to grow as well. Right. And so for me, kind of what you're saying, what it also kind of brings up is this whole idea of community and how when you have a personal brand, it allows people to connect with you on a, on a more intimate level. And those connections allow for your community to grow. Branding and building community and serving the world is all connected in such a beautiful way um, that I really want to help parents really start teaching their kids how to, how to have those desires to go out there and connect with the world, collaborate with other people who are like-minded, um, find out what they want to do in the world and pursue it with passion and with purpose and with, you know, using your connections and the relationships that you form by bettering yourself and putting your name out there in a positive light. There's so much good that could be done in the world when we tap into all those things. Oh, um, definitely. So... Um, like I said, I, you know, I, that's what my passion is. Sounds like your passion is really helping these entre like entrepreneurs connect with their passion and monetize it. Mm -hmm. Um, so how has relationships helped you to do that? Like your ability to create relationships? Oh, relationship. I believe the relationship is really important. As soon as I moved to the Netherlands, that was my first thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to connect with photographers. I wanted to um, position myself or put myself in the position that I will hang out with people that are working in the same industry that I am. I was new here. It was my first time moving out from my parents' um, house. And it was my first time living on my own abroad. So it was a really big deal. So for me, connection at that time was connecting with photographers, connecting with um, um, business owners who are um, starting or that have already started their business here, um, connecting with people in my in my uh, in, in my town, um, connecting with um, people online, and um, be part of different communities. I'm part of different communities on Facebook groups, on membership sites. So I believe that connection gives you so much um, so much more than they actually expect because sometimes. It, it, it might look it, it might feel scary to go and connect with someone because I don't know our brain is trying to protect ourselves to to not get out of the comfort zone so we don't do it but trust me when you do there's a lot of open there's a lot of doors that are going to open for you yeah I love that and so you know so many things like networking and all that type of stuff that kids need to learn um, that they're not learning in school um, so I just, I, I just think it's amazing that you're so young and you're so, you know, like you're pursuing the thing that you love and you're 
finding success and you're obviously having the time of your life doing it. So. Oh, definitely. I'm having so much fun. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's amazing. So um, where can um, people listening to the podcast, where can they find you um, on the internet? All right. So, um, Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Steven de Cuba. Really simple, just my name. And you can also find my website, the same thing, stevendecuba.com. And if you would like to connect with me or listen to my podcast, I'm also, I also have a podcast who is for entrepreneurs who would like to make their hobby their business. And this is really my corner of the internet where I share behind the scenes about my life, my business and everything in between. I have interviews. So we also, um, uh, uh, I like to, I like to, to call it like a party on the internet. So if you want to join my party on the internet, make sure you head to stephendukoba.com forward slash podcast. And over there, you will find all of the information about my podcast too. It's available everywhere where you're listening to podcasts. So that's it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. It was such a, such a fun time today speaking with you today. Oh, thank you that I was so much fun getting to know you better and also sharing my story with your audience. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you got anything positive out of the conversation, do you mind leaving us a five-star review on iTunes? Doing so will allow other parents to help their teens create a life of fulfillment and joy, abundance and impact. Until next time, don't forget to help your teens skip the lunch line and live life on their own terms.